Welcome to Mystery House Sirens and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a Teen Comet podcast. Yep, it's the finale. Riverdale season six finale. Wow, wow. We we've come wow. we've gone to this moment. We are here now. Um We've truly gotten to a moment. Do I want to say, overall, on a macro scale, macro scale, very far out, looking at this very broadly, it's not bad. The concept of the episode <laughs> is it's, fine. It's a lot of exploration of if you knew your death was coming, what would you do? It's not an in-depth exploration. You know, it's Riverdale. Um, this is the wrong <laughs> show to do this on. Well, I mean, they... This is a charmed once we plot. Have, the thing is that once we accept everything that has happened leading up to this moment, this could have been... Like, it's hard to criticize a show when the problem began 22 episodes ago, and we have to at this point just accept we are now 22 episodes now to not keep dwelling on that. That's true. This is a different show. It's a different... It is a different show than it was 23 episodes ago. But... Once you look at it at, a, at any closer, any closer, boy, does it just fall and crumble apart. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. One of the main things that I find about this is that despite the fact that the premise of the episode from the beginning is a comet is about to strike this town, mm-hmm. it's hilariously unclear on the stakes. Mm-hmm. Like... At the beginning, you'll have Jacob being like an extinction level event, but a lot of people treating it like, oh, like people come to town like, oh, no, why'd you come to town if you would be safe if you weren't here or something? Uh, So I thought this would be fun if I would read out for Mm -hmm. everyone Mm -hmm. from Scientific American, written in 1999, what would happen if a comet struck the planet. Certainly. I'm not going to stop you. Now, I do want to so, uh, quickly just say at the beginning, honestly, like, if the show had really clarified that, yeah, no, it, it, in our universe, if the comet hit, it would just destroy Riverdale, I'd be fine. But it's so unclear. So we have to go off of what the real world would say. Yes, in Riverdale, <laughs> let's think about the real world. <laughs> Continue, Kevin. So here, we're going to think about the real world. This is from Scientific American. Uh, it's from an astrophysicist, a uh, radio astronomer at Rhodes College in Memphis, Texas. Uh-huh. And he's explaining what would happen. So, uh-huh. a collision between a comet and the Earth would be the calamitous event. Based on the best available commuter, computer simulations, 1999, uh-huh. so, fair, medium. Um, the impact of an object a kilometer or more in size would probably trigger the end of civilization. Such a body might not wipe out our species, but if the un- incoming object were more than about five kilometers across, it is very unlikely that Homo sapiens would survive. Mm-hmm. So one kilometer probably ends civilization, even if people are alive, and five kilometers will, like, wipe out entire species. Mm-hmm. Halley's Comet, by the way. Halley's Comet. You know, the obvious inspiration <laughs> for Bailey's Comet. It's 5.5 kilometers across. Good to know. Mm-hmm. I did think that the comet was too big, but if it's based on Halley's Comet, then all right, what mm-hmm. do I know about comets? 5.5 kilometers. So broadly speaking, the initial impact creates a vast fireball that kills anyone who can see it. In the aftermath, injecta, material hurled into the atmosphere, or into the air, from the impact blasts into space and showers a large area, half of the world, perhaps, with flaming debris. 
Something this was seen when the, sh when the comet Shoemaker Livy 9 collided with Jupiter in 1994. The sky becomes filled with gazillions of meteors, a shower of particles that burn up in the atmosphere on the way down. It is if the sky itself has caught fire. The heat unleashed by this rain of incandescent debris ignites forests and cities, burning them to embers. Then, dust from the impact and smoke from the fires girdles the Earth, plunging our planet into a so-called impact winter. Sunlight completely disappears for a month or so after a collision with a one-kilometer object. A ten-kilometer object might block out the sun for a year or more. Temperatures drop. There is no light for photosynthesis. Plants die. Animals die. Animals that happen to live underground, where roots and other food sources are not destroyed, have a relatively good chance of survival. During the impact, the comet is blown to smithereens. It unleashes billions of tons of sulfur-laden dust, some of it from the comet itself, some of it from sulfur-rich rocks that may lay beneath the impact point. The heat of the impact also creates nitrogen oxides. The sulfurous stuff and nitrogen oxides make a corrosive acid rain that strips bare any surviving vegetation. The acid rain runs into the oceans and kills marine organisms, especially along the continental shelves. Nitrogen oxides and debris tossed in the stratosphere by the initial blast would destroy the ozone layer, layer within days. The impact and subsequent fires also release a tremendous amount of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. After the initial impact winter is all over, there is so much carbon dioxide in the air that a centuries-long greenhouse effect may result. Kevin? Yep. <laughs> I appreciate your research. You've done a great job, and I'm glad that I let you finish. Yeah. However, the show answered this. Which, which this? <laughs> there is a force field, and nothing can get out of Riverdale. And that includes a comet, acid rain, fire, and CO2. So the idea is that this barrier is so... <laughs> The barrier is so powerful <laughs> that it will not let the comet reach anywhere else. Now, this is why Cheryl and Heather make a terrible mistake. Oh, when they when they take down the barrier, then they would end the world. Yes, <laughs> but but the fact that they're doing that means that I don't think this is a thing that's really. No, I think it's very true. <laughs> Nothing can get out from the barrier, including comet. I mean, I guess I mean, mean, that a, would it's make... It's a very personal plan, right? It would make logical sense that they just have a highly irradiated area. Now, did they explain this? No. I don't even do, think they considered it. Do I understand it because I now live and breathe and drink Riverdale? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I've now bought in. If they understood it, someone would have mentioned it. Anyway, that was more of just based on the fact that, like, throughout this sh throughout this episode, we will have people kind of go back and forth on whether this is a extinction level event or whether this is, um, just going to uh, destroy Riverdale. I think you are right. It is an extinction level if you're inside the force yeah, field because there is a force field open. Yep. Uh, which is also a very vague thing. Yep. I don't know what the it's, entire facet on that is. <laughs> uh, but that's that is the stakes we are looking at in. The Night of the Comet. So let's get started on this. I did it backwards. But you sure did, but that's okay. Let's <laughs> Whatever. Who cares? It's, Who cares? Nothing means anything anymore. Nothing matters. It's all ending. This is uh, Riverdale, Season 6, Episode 22, Night of the Comet. Night of the Comet. So as we said, in 18 hours, in less than 18 hours, mm -hmm. Bailey's Comet's going to hit Riverdale. There is an invisible barrier mm -hmm. surrounding Riverdale. The person who found it is 
the serpents. Yep. And this barrier is so powerful that Jughead can't even open portals to other dimensions. Only portals within town. But it's even crazier. Cars can come in. Uh, yeah, you're right. In in a in a show where they thought about things more, this would also be the reason why the comet would only destroy Riverdale. I think they did think about it. I just don't think they bothered to explain it to the characters. <laughs> Which means I don't think they thought about. It. They spend so long explaining everything. They have a scene where someone's like, "Now, who's everyone that might die?" Like, <laughs> they do do that? Yeah, no, a hundred percent no. Now, uh, Jughead, as you said, can't open portals. He can only do it within time limits. Uh, in town limits. Um, I'm assuming that the reason Percival did that was because, not because of Jughead, but because, actually. I think Percival did because he only wants to specifically destroy Riverdale now. That was, destruction can't accidentally come to Rivervale. I was now thinking, he's mad at the Riverdalians. I was thinking about having the port, not being able to portal out rec- means, okay, I'm, I'm destroying myself because the thing is this spell, <sighs> The spell is confusing. Like, so they ask, is Percival really powerful enough to make something this big? And I'm like, the, we constantly have seen Percival scale up in power. Yeah, he clearly is powerful enough to do this. But the power of this, even like, I feel like, I guess we don't know Riverdale's scale, but it just feels so incredibly powerful. He moved a comet, set up an imper- impenetrable smart barrier. Mm-hmm. Like it goes in one direction and it will stop portals. Yeah. And not only that, he makes everyone outside of Riverdale be unable to perceive that the comet has shifted its trajectory, all from 440 years in the past in another dimension, without any seeming prep and a half-muttered spell. Look, here's the thing. You, if you have one goal, and his one goal was if I don't get what I want, the apocalypse Mm -hmm. for this one town... You can become very powerful powerful about one thing. We should have seen... He does a lot of things. What we should have seen is repeatedly throughout this season, he he has like this thing he's very protective of. It's a contingency. It's a contingency. It's like a separate spell. So it's already set up and all he had to do was trigger it. Was hit the button. Was hit the button, which he could have done, which was a small thing he could have done from another dimension 440 years in the past. You are 100% correct. Like, we should have seen, like, it would have been a cool shot as well. Like, um, he says something like, I wonder what that was about. Then we cut over to the Babylonia. Maybe Reggie and Veronica are there. Um, or maybe, I don't know, maybe Britta's there. And then, like, you <laughs> see this magical thing, like, open up and, like, unfurl and, like, tick and it becomes, like, a clock that's, like, ticking down. And that's what he did. He activated that thing, which was already a spell that activated. Instead, I have to Instead, this is happening. Um, I like that you're concerned about this and not concerned about the fact that they are showing us the character that Kevin could have been. Yeah. Because once again, Kevin Keller is the only person in this episode asking logical questions. Aaron. The whys, the what's, the hows. Aaron, I if there's anything this episode has taught me. I can be upset about a lot of things at once. <laughs> we also have this part where Tabitha says she goes back and forth and in every timeline. There's always a comment about to destroy Riverdale, but like. Cause she's stuck in the barrier. But it what, all goes back to the barrier. But what is her, like what is her time powers? Because she can see different timelines. But, but like, she can't escape that comet. But there, but there's futures where they did escape the comet, was there not? I thought the, the comet only happened because Percival lost. Yeah, but I think now that he's made the spell, she can't like just go and live in the past to avoid the spell because the spell is directed at her. 
as well as the other people who live. I'm giving this a lot of credit. No, it makes a lot of sense to me. It does not. It does not. You are so... The spell is chasing her. Doesn't that make sense? What spell is chasing her? The comet spell. The comet is chasing her into the past? Yes. His goal is to destroy Riverdale and the people he hates. The comet only ex- comes every 65 years. Yeah, but now he has... Der- it's like... When you're playing a video game and you're like, nope, this little chompa chompa is going to chase you around until it gets you. What you're saying is that if she goes a hundred years in in the past, the comet strikes a hundred years in the past. That seems right to me. No, it doesn't. (laughs) I'm going to write this story. Yeah, Aaron, what you're writing is a better story and not (laughs) what is happening. You have become delusional (laughs) and you're writing a different story. We have to stay in the present. Aaron, stay with me. Don't go into the light. (laughs) Let's talk instead about how baby Anthony is called Big Anthony. Yeah. So, yeah, they completely miss a chance of calling him Grown Man Anthony. Now, as they clarify, Archie and Grown Man Anthony will probably survive. Because Archie's invulnerable and Grown Man Anthony can't die. Yes. Um, going sure. Going off the idea that this por- this barrier will block all the stuff going out. Sure, until they die from, like, not being able... I'm sure... I think, I think Archie is a suffocate, right? I would as Well, uh... His skin is impenetrable, and he's ba- and he can't be poisoned, but I have to imagine he still needs air and food. Uh, one would it think so. It doesn't matter. But maybe matter. the spell... Oh, maybe the spell stops working. Nope. Nope, it nope. doesn't... It, no, it never I, stops working. There is no Riverdale clarification... To exist. There's no clarification as to when the spell... When the barrier, specifically the barrier, yeah. will stop. Um, hopefully it's thousands of years in the future. Why hopefully? Oh, I guess because then kick. I think they would hit there. They'd settle back down immediately. Um, this is the future. They remember when I said last time Anthony should have been pulled from the future. Yeah. This is the future that they should have pulled Anthony from. Yeah. He should have been like, yeah, in my future. Com-. Then he could be the ones like. So then the comet won't hit, and like, what comet? Ooh. Yeah, exactly. And then he explains that, like, it was really mysterious and all of the destruction was contained to Riverdale, but he couldn't get out of it. Yeah, or you could say there was apocalypse and it doesn't matter. Uh, but then he could be the one giving this speech instead of Cheryl. So Archie's wondering, hey, can we undo the spell? But hey, the spell's really good. Yeah, Archie's so hopeful and Cheryl's like, can it's, you imagine someone's a better witch than me? It's far beyond. I love this. Cheryl's like, it's far beyond my knowledge. And then Heather's like... Yeah, and mine too. I'm like, yeah, Heather, the actual witch, Cheryl, the girl who's been doing this for six months. But they think there's someone they can talk to, someone who has more knowledge of arcane magic. I was like, oh, Sabrina. I also thought Sabrina. It's clearly going to be Sabrina. So they're going to go talk to Sabrina, and Archie's going to find and or dig a tunnel. Yeah, he's going to go back to the Palladium Mines and hope that maybe they can just dig beneath the barrier. Uh, Now... We're going to get a couple scenes of people just, like, dealing with the fact it's the end of the world. And the first one made me scream at the heavens because it's Alice saying, yeah, Alice sucks. Alice sucks. She's happy to face the end with both her daughters. And she's so sorry she was a horrible mother. And then Betty, poor, destroyed, (laughs) traumatized, mentally unwell Betty. Poor, Poor abused Betty is like, no, you weren't a terrible mom. It's like... She is. She is. She fully is. She's like, you do anything for us. No. It, no, she wouldn't. She'd do anything for herself as long as you are nice to her. She has 
actively and many times cast you and Polly both aside when it's bugged her. When she told Betty, you will be a terrible mother and you should never have kids because you're selfish. That was She that, was not mind controlled. That cannot be a personal mind control. Why would he do that? It's such a weird thing for Percival to tell her to. She has always felt like the one he has mind controlled the least. Well, maybe because we've seen him mind control her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we get we see Veronica and Reggie, and he gives the painting back, whatever. Uh, Jughead and Tabitha uh, are talking about... How Jughead's okay about dying by oh, a comet because oh. he's completed most of his bucket list. Well, not only that, yeah, he's been to heaven before. Yeah, he's fine. He the, knows. The thing, but they should have said that. You no, know, instead he's like, I'm not completing my bucket list. Instead of, well, I mean, I know where we go. And like, yeah, I guess it there. sucks to die, but hey... Tabitha, I would love to spend forever with you up there, though I do want you to live. And then a character that I honestly thought they forgot about, because she has not been seen since last Last season. season. It is Alexandra Cabot arrives, and I guess this entire time she has been Tabitha's business partner. And they've been working together? I guess. What? Because apparently, Tommy Comets, (laughs) ha- Ha, ha, everyone ha. laugh. Comets. Ha. Get it? Because there's a comet. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, it's the weirdest thing for them to do. Well, it's also Johnny Rockets, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway. it went belly up. And then Alexandria bought out all their locations. And they could just, boom, just turn them all into pops. Just pop some pop tates in there. Let's franchise out this in- ish. Instant franchise. Tomorrow. We can franchise Tomorrow. <laughs> So and like they've obviously been working together because Alex would be like a lot more aggressive if they if Tabitha had ghosted her. Can you imagine if Alexandria like arrived while they were in El Royale? (laughs) It's like why is Pops a different place? Oh, final battle between good and evil. Well, she probably would be like, okay, okay, whatever. (laughs) Um, They don't they don't dwell a lot on the fact that Alexandria is now. Dead. Yeah, they, they have now doomed this woman. Yeah, well, I mean, partner. it's not their fault. They Who knew that she would arrive? But, but instead we, of, like, dwelling on the fact that they have doomed her, Tabitha's like, I can't answer your question because I can't think about tomorrow. Well, I'm going to say right now, um, Molly Ringwald Andrews also appears. And her entire thing, like, for, like, is that, oh, my God, you're here now. That means you are now, you were safe outside, I guess. <laughs> but now you're in danger. But Alexandra Cabot is not treated that way at all by Jughead and Tabitha. They're just sort of like, 10 hours to the side if we want a franchise? Oh, God, that's too hard. Oh, man. We have too many other things on our mind. Now, now admittedly, like, yeah, when when I thought this is an apocalyptic level event, I'm like, mm. like yeah, yeah, who cares? <laughs> well, here's the thing, I think. Yeah. Archie has an emotional connection to his mother. Yeah. Jug and Tabitha are like, well, that kind of sucks. But there are a lot of things that suck a lot more, so we can't think about I felt like the show should have for a moment dealt with the fact that Alexandria Cabot is going to die. There should have been a thing, at least between Jughead and Tabitha, being like, do we tell her why we can't tell her? Yeah, it could have been a moment. Instead, we get a moment where Fangs tattoos his baby man. I don't like that all of the serpents somehow magically become tattoo artists when they're grown-ups. It was one of the things they got to learn. Because FP also, maybe it's a Serpent King job, because FP tattooed Archie. I feel like it might just be one of the things that they got to learn. They only have to draw one thing. That's true. Um, I don't like it, though. Don't tattoo your own baby man. (laughs) (laughs) The actor for, for Anthony does play him quite young, like almost 
baby-like. He does play him like a small child in a man's body, like very earnest, <laughs> very loving, very sweet and concerned about things. And at some point he's like, Mom, Dad, I'm scared. And I'm just like, so is he a baby brain in man body? Because Tabitha just accelerated his aging. He's it, oh, oh, no, no, no. That's why he wanted to fight so much, because he's a... Just a baby. He was a baby who was told, you're going to kill someone. And he's like, yeah. I mean, our little niece, baby Riley, always wants to fight me. <laughs> She's not good at fighting. But anyway, so he's going to be the Serpent King, and it's his job to make sure the Serpent legacy survives, despite the fact that there are other chapters. And at first, once again, thinking this is apocalyptic, I'm like, okay, so it survives into the post-apocalypse with all the raiders and the what I we're mean, thinking that would be fine too but no no anthony's but, just gotta escape somehow i guess but th- i mean what's good nobody here knows what's going on and what i do like is going back to this kind of being good on a macro level you have what different people are worrying about some people are really worried about right now some people are really worried about the next couple of hours and fangs and tony are the only ones thinking of really a future because they see a possibility of grown man Anthony surviving. Right. So, like, people dealing with it in different ways. And they really care about legacy. Which, you know, we hate it. We hate it. I think, I but still it think, is consistent. I still think he should have been a time traveler. But anyway, uh, turns out that Cheryl and Heather weren't going to go call Sabrina instead they've gone for the hail Maryest pass of all hail Mary the, passes the weirdest call Abigail Blossom I honest to God think this show forgot about her for a long time um, this woman who tried to take over Cheryl's body and kill well, her okay here's what I, here's what they've never asked about Abigail why was Nana Rose helping Abigail I think she says like to bring honor back to the blossoms. To the blossoms. But, like, the thing is, we don't... I don't know if we know Abigail's history. Because we know her history from River Vale. And we know her history from Riverdale. But, no, kind of. But we know... Well, we know the Nana Rose version of it. Which was the same thing we heard later, which was that she was... They thought she was a witch. Now she was a witch. Yeah. And they burned her. Yes. And but this, like, from what we understand... Yes. Riverdale... Abigail did not have a Thomasina. Yes, she does, though. But is that Riverdale Abigail, or is the River Vale stuff still ble- bleeding in? I though here's I actually I put this down as a note. This our understanding of Abigail worked better when we thought a lot of stuff from River Vale was was bleeding over. The fact that it has never that that is does not seem to be a thing here means that I don't think it is. I just don't see how this Abigail could have had a Thomasina. I Like, I, from what we were told in season five. I agree. And I don't see how... We also don't see how Tony's ancestor could be Thomasina. Yeah, that's impossible. But, but they treat it as absolute fact. And we aren't treated to any more of, oh, this must be River Vale bleeding over stuff. Well, because these people... I mean, obviously these people don't know any better. It just... Show, just so you know, Riverdale, I know you're listening. I know you're not going to come back to this either, <laughs> but this does not make sense. It it doesn't make sense, and I have an answer for you, Aaron. They don't care. They do not care. 
Yes, you you know, you can really tell in this episode they are doing whatever the F they want yep. because they know they only have one more season. They can't get canceled. Yeah. The the also the also thing is that even taking the history from River Vale, she was only a witch for like a short amount of time, then died. Why would they think she has more information than them? She didn't die in Rivervale. She stayed alive Sorry, forever. Sorry, in Riverdale, where she... If we if we have to combine the Riverdale and the Rivervale history, somehow. <laughs> but even though she died, she floated around as, like, a ghost witch for a long time. So I guess Is she that had what ghost she was witch doing? knowledge. Is that what she was uh, doing? That's what she had to have been doing to convince Nana Rose to do I what thought she, did. she was... I thought Nana Rose just, like resurrected her? like yeah just like pulled her back because she's like oh this was the last good uh person of the blossoms who could actually give us power the problem Maybe. is na- <laughs> the, the funny thing is that because we don't know nana rose's motivations it makes abigail insane so she talks about her time to- she brings up thomasita to as a roundabout way to tell everyone hey the comet's made of ice you know so cheryl you're you're fine. As soon as you said the comments made of ice, I was, I was like, like, oh, oh Cheryl's God, fire. Cheryl's going to melt it. Cheryl's going to save them all. Yep. And Abigail will help them some more. She'll help them figure out how to take down the barrier. Yeah. But she needs something. Yeah. And I already felt very <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 It was going to be dumb. So Cheryl uh, gets the miners uh, to come back from the mine. They keep hitting the barriers. It seems like it goes underneath here. I, mean, I imagine yeah. it's a full circle. Yeah. That's what I'm imagining. That's what I'm imagining as yeah. well. Uh, um, she grabs everyone and tells them that she's going to melt the comets. However, it will take a lot of power. And then my next note says, oh, no, no, oh, no, Tony, no. This is this is because she says, by the way, Tony, I need to talk to you after this is done. Uh, back to what I was doing before. Uh, it's going to take all their powers. However, okay. Did, did you know so, that Cheryl's Phoenix power is not just a power of resurrection. It is a power of resurrection and keeping the people she resurrected alive forever. Yeah, okay. So what it is, is that her power, her phoenix power, is still keeping them alive. Like, the idea is that they are being animated by her phoenix power. So... I guess that's the cost she pays for resurrecting the dead. Oh, yeah, let's... Wouldn't it be great to see that have some impact on her? Yeah, I, I I put this note later, but I'm going to do it right now. So nothing about the whole, hey, death might be pissed, you brought some people back. This has nothing to do with, like, death as a concept. No. This is just Sabrina didn't explain to Cheryl all the capacities of her powers. Um, uh, so if she has to fight the con- comet, is she might have to drain some power from the people who are currently being alive to do it, which so would kill them. One or more of the resurrected dead may perish. And I said, "Oh, cool, it's Polly." <laughs> and they said, "Well, this is where Reggie needs a list of the dead for an audience." <laughs> Reggie's like, um, "Excuse me, who exactly is it?" Then might die. And then she lists them all out, including Dagwood, who's not in this episode. You know, Reggie wasn't watching the last couple episodes we were. Oh, and by the way, Polly will have one line this episode, just so everyone's aware of that. Yeah, she's visually in a lot of scenes. Just just to clarify, that's kind of how I guessed. I don't know if this is spoilers. Actually, I don't honestly know if this is spoilers or not. Um, I'm like, oh, she's not going to be the one she's to die. She doesn't have any lines this episode. They aren't just going to drop her. I thought they would drop her because she's the only non-main cast character. The, and they're I, not going to kill a child. I would say that makes sense. 
except for the fact that she has no lines. And I have to imagine they'd be good enough to, like, give her a lot of talking with Betty, being like, no, Betty, it's... Her and Betty will not talk this episode about whether or not Polly might die. Kevin, that's because she was just Jesus last episode. <laughs> She's already done her Jesus turn. I, I was just thinking, like, so wait, if Cheryl dies, do they all just die? Like, if, if yeah, she... Yeah, I guess so. Their lives are intrinsically tied to hers. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool to know that? Cool. That's not something we're going to think about. Instead, Cheryl is going to pull Tony aside. She's going to pull her aside and tell her the deal. Well, she hasn't made it yet with Abigail, but she says what Abigail needs for them to try to figure out the barrier. And this is... The show has done a lot of terrible <laughs> things this season. This is the worst one. So, this is worse than when Jughead violated Reggie's mind. Now, I I thought, I was worried for a second, that what was happening is that Abigail wanted to, essentially, let's say, indecent proposal her. Yeah. Wanted. <laughs> Abigail she, wanted to Abigail sleep. Abigail wanted to sleep with Tony. Yeah. But. Oh, it's. If, if this helps. And you know what, Aaron? Here's what I will say for magic sides. It helps a little bit. It helps a little it bit. A little bit. Uh, no, what happens is Abigail wants to spend another uh, night with uh, Thomasina Topaz, Tony's ancestor. No, we're not getting into that. No, we already talked about that. Who's also a witch. Sure. Essentially, Abigail wants to be in Cheryl's body, wants to put Thomasina in Tony's body, and then let them spend one more night together. I'm confused why they aren't together in the suite hereafter. I understand that Abigail is around right now. But if Abigail would just let go of this mortal plane... Then she could go to the suite hereafter, where Tony is presumably yeah. either has a facsimile of uh, Abigail there yeah. with her. But that like, the real Abigail can just drop into. The fact they showed us a suite hereafter where Tony and Fangs were together, but then they don't let... But then Abigail and Thomasina aren't together. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you can't show us... You can't show us heaven and then also have ghosts and be like, we can never be together because we're ghosts. Yeah, like, I'm confused. I'm so confused No, Kevin, I know the answer. Oh, no. There's no sex in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) That's the problem. They can be together, but you can't have sex. And Abigail wants to Mm. get freaky. Uh, so I mentioned this earlier, uh, Molly Ringwald Andrews arrives, because, and, mm-hmm. you know, when it rains, it pours, so comets. Rains and when, it, when it rains, it pours comets. Now, to be fair, she was calling Archie a lot while he was dead. Yeah, I and have I to assume. And I thought that's it, why she came to town. I have to assume at some point he called her back. Um, but, but she did not come to town because she called him a lot while no, he was dead. No, she wants to let him know that she's getting a divorce from Brooke. For um, convenience reasons. It, seem, it, it seems between them amiable, but like... She says they get along very, very well, but they've just realized their future isn't together. You see, because life is precious, and you don't want to waste a single minute. At which point, I think Archie goes sprinting <laughs> off into the night. Uh, his mom's like, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, I t- definitely put something in his brain. <laughs> oh, that sweet, sweet boy. And he interrupts Veronica. Moments- Veronica? busy cheersing her dad's painting yeah and then she, <laughs> she kisses it to death yeah she it, it like decays it and i'm like i don't think that's exactly how poison works poison. but you know what well you know what hang on magic i've agreed to give this show the benefit of the magic and you know what this is one of the best things the magic does this episode yeah. so can i just say yeah. i hate veronica absolutely as it is known yeah I like Veronica this episode. She has one part that where I lost my mind at her. But yes, but it's not her fault. Kind of is. So Archie uh, 
goes to her and he's like, hey, I'm going to ask Betty to marry me. And she's like, okay. I just can't get over that, like, the last serious conversation they had about their relationship was Betty being like, I'm not sure if I want to get married or have kids. <laughs> and Archie just decides to just keep going. He he made it. It's heaven. Like, at no point in this does he ever seem to take Betty's emotions into play. He just sort of decides this is what we are supposed to do. He's Armageddoning it. And, and slash Pearl Harboring yeah, it. And most of it is kind of rebuffed by the show. Yeah. But not all of it. So but he wants a ring from the from her and Veronica yeah. has a good one for now, him. Kevin. Yeah. I real I'm doing a lot of headcanoning in this episode. Yep. I am 99.9% sure that this ring is Veronica's engagement ring from Chad. That'd be funny. That'd be funny. It gave us no indication of that, but she goes, no, I do still have a <laughs> ring left. A perfect ring for Betty. Well, because he asks, hey, do you have any from the shop you used to run? And I'm like, I hope she doesn't. That's stock. It's not hers. But she does give him a ring of her own. Uh, we get a quick scene of Jughead and Tabitha talking about franchising and like and Tabitha's just like I cannot think about tomorrow Jughead the Titanic is going down I have to think about the Titanic yeah and we learn that Jughead has never seen Titanic so they're gonna go off and watch Titanic <laughs> sounds great which Meanwhile, to be fair I was like oh dear god and I realized that these characters were born after Titanic so it's I fine. mean I mean if we want to dwell on a little bit Jughead does say no I liked his his earlier work and I'm like Titanic is his earlier work. Are you talking about... I guess he's only talking about Terminator, Aliens, and True Lies, I think, came out before I t- mean, Titanic. I all seem like accurate <laughs> Jughead canon. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, oh, no. Here's my next note. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. Oh, God, no. So what happens here is that we see the coffin, and we see the Abigail doll, um, and... I want to point out when they were talking about when Tony and Cheryl were talking about, hey, is this okay? Uh, Cheryl was like, well, Heather's a witch, so like she's a fine with things. She understands that things are weird. Then he's like, what about Fangs? And Cheryl just says, well, I mean, you aren't the one cheating. Like our our souls will be in a uh, our souls and minds a will jar. be in a jar somewhere. I'm wondering if they ever asked Fangs or did Cheryl just go. It'll be fine. 100% they never asked him because I can't see Fangs liking that. Although uh, Fangs did let her marry them. Oh my god, they're married. What? I forgot. Fangs and Tony are married. No, they're not. Yes, they are. No, they're not. Yes, they are. They got married before they died. What? Yeah, remember when they died? The firstborn curse that happened at their wedding. They're married. Oh, oh, Tony and Fangs are married. I said Fangs I and thought Tony are you married. said Tony and Cheryl are married. I know Tony and Fangs are married. I forgot. No, they're married. That makes this even worse. Okay, well, so anyway, so they, Heather does a needlessly. Okay, show your spells are too too specific. I I want to bring up that. Once again, different magic systems. Only Cheryl and Heather do spells. Even when Cheryl's doing, like, fire stuff, she does spells. Yep. But, like, Betty doesn't do spells. Nope. Jughead doesn't do spells. Percival mumbles Veronica, things to himself in Latin. Veronica doesn't do spells. Nope. But a lot of them are treated like witch. I don't know. I can't get into that whole magic system thing. So... Um, Abigail and Thomasina are now there and they have a sex scene. And I just, this entire time was like, I don't care. It's not sexy. It sucks. <laughs> I, well, the thing is, like, did they really think that people were really 
itching for the Abigail and Thomasina hookup. Like, because they do, they do make a very like their appearance changes to be their old time. It does, appearance. and and they and like we. This is a long dwelt on sex scene, and at the beginning we kind of see Heather like do a weird like oh no sad look, but then we never cut back to her. This is very much focused in on Abigail and Thomasina, mm-hmm. but I think in reality, Aaron, yes. it's focused in on. Madeline Peisch and the actress for Vanessa Morgan. Yes. Um, and by and, extension, Cheryl and Tony. And I don't care about any of those things. And I hate to say this because it's mean. Yeah. And I don't think it's Madeline's fault. But Madeline as Cheryl slash Abigail is like the least sexy being like she can't play sexy. And I think she probably could in a different role. But, like, she's so asexual it, that it's unsettling watching this. It's mostly, uh, yeah, I, it's mostly just, like, I don't care about the characters. I don't care that they finally got to see each other. Because, once again, Riverdale was a different, Rivervale was a different thing. I don't know what the timeline yeah, is there. I'm not, I'm not in into Thomasina and um, Abigail. I'm not and into I am, <laughs> Cheryl and Tony. I was going to say, and I'm grossed out by the fact that the show is shoving Cheryl and Tony down my face. Oh, yeah. No, I hate. It is disgusting. Is, it's disrespectful to Fangs. Is it a big thing with the audience? Is the audience really, really into Cheryl and Tony? Because. I mean, teenagers might be. But they. Their relationship was the worst. Like, we've... This is not us coming in new. We have... We agree. This is toxic. We have for years said we hate Cheryl and Tony as a relationship. Cheryl needs to absolutely change who she is as a human being to make it... Before she can be a good partner. Yeah. And... And she has not. No. Instead, everything happens around her. So this is not hot. It sucks. And now Archie's going to tell Betty all about his mom. But, But actually, he's there to propose to her. And she's like, I am not going to marry you because of comet reasons. Um, (laughs) Yeah, she just... I would mostly think that she also just like... He's like, I want to be with you. And he's like, well, you can be with me. Like, I think she just doesn't care about marriage as much as he does. And she picks up on what's actually going on here. She's like, hey, so clearly you got a lot going on. I feel like you are scared and you're refusing to admit you're scared. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to like always be a hero. And she's like. I don't think that's true. Okay, 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 okay. Let's do something a little bit bit different here. You are making good points, but then the show pivots into the romance. I'm not making good points. This is literally what she says. No, I know. She says it, but I can't believe it because it pivots into the romance Oh, it pivots into when she's like, hey, remember when we were kids? Yeah, which I actually do remember. I have no recollection of what episode it's from. It was like episode one, Aaron. But I do remember me, like... Uh, copying her voice, but oh, little Archie, ask yeah. me again when we're 18. Yeah. Um, in, instead, she's like, hey, so I'm going to do that again. And uh, you ask me again when we're not dead. I think Betty does want to spend her life with him. She just wants to make decisions for the right reasons. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, because we'll get. Because Betty has changed. Yeah, we'll get into that that thing when that comes up. But essentially she's like, hey, so maybe that's the situation. He gets like, I understand what you're trying to say. I'm going to break through the barrier so we can get married. She's like, no, no, please just, okay. All right, just stay. Okay. <sighs> All right, bye. 
So the, it's the it's not the next morning because it's still the same day, but it's the post-coital moment. Yeah. Cheryl, Cheryl and Tony wake up in bed together. I guess Heather pulled him back. And their clothes have mysteriously transformed from corsets to modern hey, day lingerie. They mysteriously transformed the other. It's mostly they have them on. And yeah, that's what I was to say. Y'all, I can't have sex with a corset on. <laughs> I don't uh, think. They have this now. They they do have this weird like moment where like, do you remember anything? No, and I do not believe they do. It's just awkward waking up in bed with. It is. That's they, the awkwardness. They say the lines like they're lying, but they also say the lines like they're telling the truth. I refuse to believe that they could because their souls were in a jar. Um, and once again, I don't care. So. They had they being Tony um, takes off and Cheryl goes to go ask the ghost of Abigail how the sex was. So what Abigail did was that she, uh, I guess, after the sex, um, <laughs> cast a spell that created a representation of the barrier, which is just a whole big bundle of knots. And you have to untie the knots, which would untie the barrier. Now, what I appreciate about this scene yeah. is Cheryl Put on the same outfit that she wore before the sex, yeah. after the sex, because yeah. she doesn't remember it. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's something to take out of it. I was going to say this is probably one of the, the the most clear indications of the magic they're doing. It is very cool. They created, a, they, like, they got to take down the barrier. So what they do is they have a physical representation of the barrier, and they have to go through the physical action of unraveling it, which would take out the metaphysical version. Cool. Cool. All right. So, um, meanwhile, here's a character I forgot about, <laughs> even though it hasn't been that long. Hey, remember last episode when I was like, dead ends, dead ends? Hey, we got one more dead end, and that is Agent Drake. So, Agent Drake... She's not in Riverdale. ...is Skyping in to talk... I guess it's not Skype, it's gotta be Zoom. I... Actually, it's probably Voom. Yeah. Yep. So, she's Vooming Fast. in. She's fasting in. <laughs> she's fasting in to talk to Betty. And she has been asked by some super, super high up at the FBI to run the serial killer division of the FBI with Betty. Again. Betty was asked to do it. First year. First year agent. Not. I don't even think she's been a special agent for under for a year. And, and Drake, I don't. Drake's pedigree, not pedigree, I guess it's more blood thing. Drake's CV is Middling. A, it's a lot more. Well, it's kind of unclear. She she used to work for like the magic FBI division. And I am furious we didn't get more with the magic FBI division. Um, and then and she then went she, into the absinthe division. Well, then, yeah, then she wanted to do absinthe, like be a business partner with Veronica. That went nowhere. And then she, she worked under, under Betty. Betty, and now they're both want be getting promoted to the head of the serial killer division. I, who is that other agent we like who should have been in charge? Oh, Agent Lynn or something. Agent Lynn, she has to was be a grown furious. woman. <laughs> and Betty, remember when we were laughing about that whole thing where people kept on talking to Betty about be like, "Hey, Betty, what happens after you catch TBK?" go on to white picket fences and i'm like no she would keep doing the job which is her job well i mean it's not a job she's good at Appa no apparently she's the best at it aaron she's the best at hunting hunters yeah but she's like she's weighing her options she doesn't want the hunter of hunters carved on her tombstone it's just it bugs me a lot <laughs> 
not a lot. There's a lot of things that bug me a lot. I guess I have to start having a scale for these things. <laughs> it's weird how much this show puts a lot of moral judgments on certain jobs. Okay. Well, because they remember Betty cut up a dead body. Yes. Yes. Yes, and I now, do remember that. And now this talk ends with her being like, I'm looking I, for the light. I'm moving towards the light. Here's the thing, though. I was never crazy on board with Betty being an FBI agent. She seemed like she was only doing it to grapple with her trauma. Mm-hmm. Like, she seemed like she only did the FBI training stuff because her brother was in charge of it and she was trying to gra- grapple with her trauma. Yeah. So I'm honestly okay with her moving on from this. I think she'll be great and successful in anything she does. I just don't like it's phrased in a way where it's like, that is like, doing that is evil and doing something and getting married to Archie is good. I did not get that from the scene at all. For me, it was, I've moved past that phase of my life. I'm on to something new. Yeah, all right. Cool. Um, Because Betty's FBI stuff has always been tied up in the dumb darkness that we I mean, wanted her to get rid of. Yeah. And now that she has, we're mad that she got rid of it. Well, no, I don't think she's going to get rid of the darkness. I think she could still be an FBI agent without the darkness. I don't... Honestly, do you think you could? Yes, because the idea is... Not the darkness in her, but... Without the whole darkness storyline? No, 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 no. Okay. I think if you are someone who has always lived believing that you're a dark person and darkness pervades the world, and then you've been taught by your Jesus sister that there is light in the world, I think it would be challenging to continue to be an FBI agent and like dwell in that world of darkness and badness and serial killers and I think it people shows, kidnapping children. But I think the idea is that the idea is that, that could show strength to be like I can be the light in the dark versus I am just going to fully abandon this. I see what you're saying. I'm not convinced I agree, but I'm also not convinced that this is the conversation (laughs) the show wants us to have. No, I know it's not. They they, they want to move on. But I I refuse to be mad at them for doing something with Betty that I wanted them to do with Mm. Betty. So so, uh, we head over to Reggie and Ronnie and they're sort of just talking about like, if they survive the comet, Veronica's going to go shopping and Reggie's going to get a dog. Invader. I love Reggie. <laughs> now, so so in this scene, uh, Veronica's like, hey, by the way, Reggie, when this, if, the, if we survive all this, I'm going to give the Babylonium to you. It was your idea. And I'm like, and oh, my God, it. it was his idea. He does already own it. Though, yeah. there, there's an earlier scene where it implies that he gave it back to her. Um. It was his idea. It was fully his idea. It was fully his idea. He was idea. like, I want to do a casino. And she was like, I don't want to do a casino. I, sorry, this puts a lot of things into uh, perspective. perspective. Um, but you know what Veronica does want to do? Keep doing absinthe. Yep. Because Veronica, <laughs> actually, that's fine. Veronica likes to run a liquor business. Yeah. It's, it's in her blood. It's the one thing she keeps going back to. She keeps doing other things than realizing she just wants to do a liquor business. <laughs> now, for some reason, they have Reggie be like, hey. Maybe we'll get back together. This is the part I said that kind of frustrated me a lot about Veronica earlier. Because mm-hmm. she goes, well, no, I think I, you know, I should have time to be alone and make, make friends. And I'm like, good, good. But then 
She keeps teasing him? Well, no, she does that. She does that. And then, like, this is exactly what Reggie said earlier. Yes. But she's treating it like it's her idea. Yes. (laughs) She is doing that. And then the show is making it Reggie's desperate to get back together with her when he was the one who told her to be alone. So, again... I don't know. Maybe I know a lot of Reggie's because yeah. I feel like 98%. Okay. 78% of his flirting <laughs> in this scene is him just not being able to turn it off. I mean, I, I agree, with that, uh, agree with that as well. I just think but Veronica does take it very seriously. Well, I was also just like Veronica being like, I think, I think I figured out I should do this. And me just be like, that was what Reggie told you. Red, you're talking to the man who told you what, Huh? <laughs> also, show as we've told you all along, this should have been her entire season-long arc, not something that happened <laughs> off-screen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, Jughead loves Titanic yeah. as he should. So I was getting ready just to like skip over the scene because I'm like, oh, Jughead on top of the watch Titanic. We get some like stuff and he talks about like, hey, you know, take Pops National. But then something Angel. happens. But then Tabitha's like, you know what? Actually, I'm chronokinetic. I only need a minute. And then... They live their entire lives together. And I... Okay. Okay. Now, this has a lot of questions in my head about the the time travel and that. So she goes to a timeline where the comet doesn't happen? Or she just forces them through a time... Because they have, like, kids. She locks them in, like, a time loop. Well, or, no, or, or a time like, bubble, ex- like the thing they did to age Anthony. Yeah, but like it doesn't actually like age them. Like she returns them back to where they were. But I'm so con- give. Don't <gasps> no. give her. Don't give someone time powers if you don't know how time, how you, how you want time to Kevin, work. Kevin. Yeah. It's okay, because all of these scenes take place in Pop Tates, and as we know from the flash forward, Pop Tates is the <laughs> only place that survives the apocalypse because of. Jesus reasons. Oh, so they just live in pop tape. That's that's all the all them going through the post apocalypse. Yes, yes, yeah. it is. That's definitely that's definitely what's going on with them. Definitely. That's what the show did. Mm-hmm. That's they liked it. All those those kids. Yeah, if they were doing this in the middle, they're also wearing like leathers with. Like, yeah, yeah, we missed that part. Eventually, they figured out how to escape the time bubble. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, Riverdale. So, and also, I'm just gonna say that's a lot to put on. That's a lot to put in someone's brain. They lived an entire life together. And what? they seem fine with it. <laughs> so, uh, this is another question I have with like the Anthony thing. Do they remember all of that, or do they just remember like the feelings from it? I don't know. We don't have time to dwell on it because Archie's at the barrier with the Asgard Mace, and he's swinging for home. Which, to be fair, the Asgard Mace is a pretty good gamble. That is a very powerful Asgard Mace. Well, I mean, it 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 hurts things. It that hurts can't Percival. Be hurt. Yeah. Yeah, and Percival's so invincible. <laughs> anyway, it does hurt Percival, but it doesn't hurt the barrier. And no. up rolls Molly Ringwald Andrews. You're like, hey, buddy, <laughs> she... you beaten up an invisible barrier yeah. there. So she was filled in on everything off screen, and <laughs> she's too chill. She is too chill. Everyone's too chill when they get everything. I guess the idea is that she did the freak out with Betty, and then she's like, okay. I got to focus in on one small thing, which is, hey, Archie. They're going to do a lot of stuff with, like, hero conflicts, which is all true. All this Archie absolutely. stuff is absolutely true. But every conversation with Archie in this episode is most people just being like, hey, Archie, you need to chill. 
And he's like, I can't chill. My dad was so good. No, I get that. But you need to chill. But my dad wouldn't <laughs> you, chill. You, you, he would chill. There are times he definitely would chill. So you need to chill. But my dad. All right. Well, we got to get this figured out because at this point, everyone is still going to die, probably. Yeah. Or some people might die. I mean, Archie could die again. There's yeah, who knows? But Veronica is busy monologuing to a painting of her dad about how, whoa, how weird that she's still in Riverdale. What a weird year it was. And then, like, she... Then she beautiful minds. <laughs> she had... So she thinks about the past and she hears from Drake... That her body's a big biodialysis machine, and it helps her figure out a way to save her friends. Because the, she also the, remembers Tabitha saying, there's a reason you stayed in Riverdale. I cannot stress enough. The leap in logic Veronica is about to make is... <laughs> it's wild. She has crossed the Grand Canyon. She, she is Hulk jumping across lines of logic. Kevin, she is spending too much time talking to a poison poster. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's check in what everyone's doing while this is going on. Tabitha decides to um, sign the deal. I guess she'll deal with it tomorrow. Yeah. Once again, at least they're playing off the idea that maybe Cheryl will save them. Yeah. But Jughead will die. They really seem to be based off the idea that Cheryl will be able to do this. It'll just kill a whole bunch of people. Sure. Sure. Okay. Okay. They get the text from Veronica. <laughs> then in a wild scene. Cheryl is untying the knot with Heather, and Heather? I'm just thinking, maybe you should have brought some friends in. It's a lot of knots. Now, this is, this is this is where I want to bring up. This is why I don't think they were considering that once that barrier goes down, the world ends. Yeah, they obviously were not, because you should stop untying you should that. Stop. No, you untie the knot after you stop the comet. Um, <laughs> um, well, so. Heather's not really untying knots, though, because Heather's too, too sad. No, she says, if you melt the comets, I'm thinking maybe I should go back to Greendale. Because I'm not a series regular. And But why? Why should she do that? Aaron, why should she do that? What crazy thing did Heather come up with? She saw the looks between Thomasina and Abigail and decided that Cheryl and Tony are endgame. And yes, Fangs and Tony are married now, but that's just for now. Yeah. Ooh, I saw. Well, I, her explanation is I'm a witch. Okay, there's so many things there. One, so wait, Cheryl, by, that, by your own thing, you figured it out by seeing Abigail and Thomasina look each other, in which case you were like, oh, I guess Cheryl and Tony are re are the resurrected spirits uh, are the... the, yeah, the she does say, she says their love echoes through time and space or some but, but nonsense. But it skipped all the other blossoms and just came to you two. Well, I guess they're really, really lucky because there's been no female topazes since Thomasina. Oh, uh, well, there's but, but there's been female. No, Kevin, there has been no female blossoms. I know that's what I mean, because Penelope was adopted from. So this is going through the dad's line. Yep. And then I don't know make, what it's doing on the topaz line because, because Thomasina is a tertiary ancestor yeah, from like, Greendale. Yeah, daughter, I don't know. and But the thing is, when it comes down to it, this is just me thinking, like, this feels like the same thing as when, remember when 
Archie and Betty had to pretend to be dating. Yeah, at, and everyone was like, oh no, it's but, real. But Cheryl was tricked so hard, she made it reality. She was like, there's no way I could be tricked. There's no, absolutely no way I could be tricked. You two actually are in love. That is exactly what Heather is doing now. Cheryl and Heather are meant to be. They are the same person. They truly are. Heather, Heather saw... A person's soul, she knew, she was holding their souls. She saw people who looked like people she knew look at each other with love and go, that's happening right now. <laughs> and you know, this is like going back on something I said earlier, but I really like the bisexual representation on the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Tony and Fangs actually have that much chemistry at all in any way, shape, or form. They have a baby. A baby <laughs> that was supposed to be Fangs and Kevin's. But, like, I do like that they took two people who were in, like, obviously queer couples Mm -hmm. and have them in a couple that is more straight presenting. But are still queer because they are queer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was not great that there were only two queer couples and they took the two queer couples and put them into a more straight presenting couple. But now there's, exactly, now there's Kevin and Moose, which I do like. What, What I'll say is, like, that's, like, you can get a lot of stuff, like, they deep thoughts on that. I mostly just think that their relationship sucks. Yeah, Cheryl and Cheryl Tony, and Tony suck. Yeah, Cheryl has re- Cheryl has no respect for Tony. She just wants to possess Tony. When Tony was trying to help their relationship, Cheryl literally broke it off because Cheryl did not want to be the wanted to be the one to fix it, and then she didn't, and she just was a jerk for seven years. Yeah, she and she lied. Didn't do she, anything? She lied to Tony about getting rid of her brother twice. Mm-hmm. So she gaslit her. Yeah. So Heather being like, oh, she got her kicked out of the gang, which apparently is her entire existence. Yep. Like seeing how much she cares about it this season makes that moment even worse. worse. Um, She stopped Tony from going to school when Tony obviously does care about being like a smart, accomplished woman. Yeah. So having Heather be like, your fate is written in the stars. I'm like, this is a terrible thing to say to a narcissist. Yep. Because guess what? The entire net. Well, maybe not. Well, okay. So we got a text. Then then they get their text from Veronica. Um, Um, Betty and Archie talk about Archie's daddy issues. Yeah, there's a lot of Betty also being like, you're the only one who loved me unconditionally. And I'm like, actually, a lot of people were really very much on your side that you're not a terrible person, except for Glenn, who is Glenn, and Alice, who is an evil monster that you should not respect. Which, to be fair, Glenn and Alice (laughs) and Polly are really the only people she's known for the past seven years. But now Polly's Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Betty loves Archie so much that she proposes to him. Yeah. So and then they get their uh, their text. This is this is a part where I mentioned I'm not a huge fan of the show kind of deciding that marriage and kids is the light. But we already talked about that. So also I'm saying she still needs therapy and getting married is not therapy. Yeah, but guess what? The end of this episode. No, I know. Aaron, Aaron, everything we talk about doesn't matter. Now, Veronica's has her idea, and her idea is to just be rogue. Um, <laughs> yep. She's going to bolster Cheryl, and if they can bolster that, they can use him to keep people alive. 
I'm going to use this moment to bring this up. They once again have Cheryl do her weird line where she's like, I'm glad you're the one who said that it's not me. And I say this every single time, but it is the finale of this episode. I'll never get a chance again. I'm going to say it now. Okay. I am sick of Cheryl getting to play both sides of the being super weird thing. Yeah. Why does Cheryl get to be like the cool, quirky one who doesn't believe in the weirdness? Why is she going to be the one who's like, oh, isn't this strange? She was the first one trying to... She did it last season. Last season, she... Prayed to the elements to get miners out of a mine. She prayed so that the wind would stop the fire from burning down her place. She has always been the weird magic one. She can't be both. And there are two people who are better than her who should get those lines. Veronica being one. Oh, three then. I say Veronica could. could yeah, Ver- Veronica is canonically. She's. Yeah. She's, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. snarky. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, my suggestions were. Two people without magic who the show has never tried to tell <laughs> oh, us they have Kevin. Magic. Kevin and Tony. They could definitely be the ones who are like, okay, yeah, no, I guess, I guess if we're doing this, like, it, uh, the thing is that when it comes out, this episode showed it up so much. Cheryl is 100% the, the main ri- character. I was going to say the writer's pet. Like yeah, they, they love her so much. She gets so many things. Her love for Tony, who's clearly not interested in her, is written in the stars. How does she, how is she more of a pet than Veronica? Because she is. Yeah. But how? <laughs> I, I, the thing is that Veronica, I feel like they're just bored with. Because yeah. now that her dad's dead, they're like, we got nothing to do. Veronica and Cheryl were so similar and they have not been able to divest them from each other since Hiram has died. Essentially, Veronica is business Cheryl. <laughs> You're not wrong. So and Cheryl is witch Veronica. Speaking of Veronica, she has decided that everything has happened for a reason. And she wonders, what if we take all of our superpowers and we put them into Cheryl? And you see, I have absorbed poison. I've absorbed the Thujon, and I absorbed other poisons as well. <laughs> yep. And then Betty's like, our powers are our poisons. And Veronica's like, the lines, the, the line that makes me the angriest thing in the world, it's all semantics. What do you mean? <laughs> Poison, strength, superpowers, it's all, they're, they're all the same thing. No, they're not. <laughs> or else you would be able to pull other things out of plants like uh, maybe she's just never tried that's what i mean by she's just rogue now i guess there's there's standing for it jughead can now do portals and tabitha's an angel but you know what would have made this better show maybe less abigail and thomasina stuff and maybe veronica experimenting <laughs> okay yeah more more clarifying the main crux of your show or your episode, because it keeps going. So Veronica has figured out somehow mm-hmm. that what they need to do is be like the losers club in it. Yep. And become blood brothers. Yep. Well, she's got the apparent that's where the powers are. The powers are in their blood. Sure. So they gotta put all their blood together. So she's gonna suck their powers out through their blood. But then and then she- she's gonna transfer them to Cheryl. Because Cheryl goes, ah! Cheryl, Cheryl straight up refuses to get cut. And I'm, and this is the first part where I was really upset at her. Because I'm like, really? Really? Look, I think what she's saying is super dumb. But you could try. But the world's going to end. And you're like, but I'd have to cut myself. My beautiful alabaster skin. No, what would, like, you're saving the damn world. But you know what? The reason that happens is not, I mean, not Cheryl's stuff. It's plot reason. Not plot reasons. It is. It's, it's, it's Riverdale tra- reasons. It's no, no, no. She, Veronica's not going to give the powers to Cheryl through blood. No. She's going to give them to her through a kiss because her kiss is poison. 
I know it's so it looks good in trailers. Yep. Okay. And so that falls up by, I think, a line I've seen quoted now at other places. Oh, good. Cheryl says, A, that's que- isn't that queer baiting? And B, won't your poison kiss kill me? And Veronica's answer is, A, no, it's not. <laughs> it's saving the world. And B, her, your fe- I'm pretty sure your phoenix power trumps my poison power. For reasons? My Now, my turn to give her this. A, it's still queer baiting. Yep. You saying, no, it's not, doesn't, doesn't change it. Because we already told you, the answer is to have her cut. Mm-hmm. That is a hunt. The only reason she won't do it is because her alabaster skin won't get cut. But if you wanted to make it more, if you wanted to make it more reasonable to actually, if you still wanted to have you guys kiss, but you want to be more reasonable, be like, no, that won't work. The blood has to transfer, so it'll be blood in my body, and I'll have to go out through saliva. Well, and that that's the thing. She has never she's never transferred her poison through blood. She's transferred it through her mouth. She's transferred it through touch, though. She slimed the handles. <laughs> but but it's it's fine with her being like, no, it needs to be processed through my body. Yeah, she's so a biodialysis machine. I have to send it out a different way than I took it in. Like that, don't get me and wrong. And this is the fastest way. I would still say that's kind of it's kind of queer baiting, but you you would get, I think, more pushback against people saying, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, B, what do you mean? I'm pretty sure your phoenix power trumps my poison power. Yeah, what evidence? What What, what do so, you mean that won't kill her? What? She can't die forever resurrected. Is Is she also immortal? Maybe. They never mention that. They never mention also she's immortal. Do you Kevin, want... I'm better at this show than the show. No, I'll, I'll tell you I'm better at the show than the show. And <laughs> already I gave you a how you could have done A better. Here's how you can do B better. No, you won't die. You'll get Archie's invulnerability. Bam. Bam. I broke my microphone. Yeah. the Just do a second pass on your script. Just do a second pass. I'm, I'm sorry if this isn't funny. Write your script better. This, I watched it. This is exceptionally infuriating because right now we are literally writing a teen drama TV show <laughs> that will be presented on stage to the play. But we're literally doing this. Now, so they just they do it all now. They cut their hands. Um, Jughead does have a to monologue give a monologue where he's like, "This could make it worse," a but we- I didn't tell anyone. What weird! The weirdest foreshadowing. Um, I just want to point out that there's nothing about their powers that feel like they should help. Like the the individual powers don't work together well. No, it feels like the idea should be like, "Oh no, it's just you get generic power. You're just more powerful." But instead, she, she will get the actual powers. Yeah, she does get their powers yeah, because they, Veronica tests to make sure it worked by pulling a gun on Cheryl, yeah. as we've all wanted to do so many times. Yeah. So she threatens to shoot her, which allows her to see the aura. Then she does shoot her, which Velcros a squished bullet to her chest. Swear to God, you can hear the sound of the Velcro pulling off. And then she hears everyone's thoughts like, oh, man, I'm glad she didn't die. And I co- guess I'm not invulnerable. And of course... Everyone lost them. Ooh, what a fun. At this point, I'm like, oh, this is how they take all their powers away. I want to point something out to you, dear sir. Yeah. Who is not in this circle passing his powers on? Uh, Reggie. 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 Reggie doesn't have powers. Reggie had he powers knows, last episode. He knows magic. That's not has powers. Last episode, they treated him like he has powers. In this episode, no powers. I know, because this show is inconsistent. Now, anyway. uh, she has all those things, so she's going to go to Pops. 
Uh, and everyone goes to spend time with their family. Anthony is in the bunker. And, he's scared. Oh, grown man Anthony is so scared because he's a baby. And, and now, then, and now. And then maybe the scariest, we've had this happen once before, but this actually might be the scariest thing that has ever happened. It's a musical. Yeah, Tony just starts singing. They sing The End of the World, which is by like Ron Dickinson. Yeah. But it was recently famously covered by Billie Eilish, and I think that's what they're doing. Oh, that's totally the version they're they're doing. They're doing the Billie Eilish version of The End of the World. And not only is it Tony singing, it's everyone. It's everyone. Tabitha and Jughead and Pops are sitting in their dining room eating Pop Tate's food at their dining room. That's what they do. I refuse. That is... that is the funniest thing ever. The, the image of the sodas are in pop tates takeout. <laughs> they just eat pop tates food at home. <laughs> Archie uh. and Betty are in bed because they decided to spend their last couple hours having coital relationships. Yep, we see uh, Kevin and Fe- and Mo- Kevin and Moose. We see we see every we see everyone. Veronica and Reggie are platonically hanging out. Yep. And when Veronica sings, you do see the comet like reflected in her window. Yep, the, so Oh, this comet's getting very, very close. I honestly thought she was going to melt it way further away, but yeah. I guess it's more dramatic. If it's I, close. I honestly thought it would ignite the ozone layer if it came in too close, but I don't know how these things work. So Cheryl again recites a very, very, very specific incantation. Oh yeah. That is you you know what? But, I would be fine with these very specific incantations if they ever showed them coming up with them. them. Yeah. I mean, the thing that bugs me is that once again, Cheryl's the only one who does this witch chanting stuff. She's using everybody's powers, but still, she has to do witch stuff. Maybe she doesn't need to do it. She just thinks she does. It's fun. There's a lot of also in the singing. They're cross cutting between Tony and Cheryl, which yep. is gross. And there's a lot of flashbacks, and it's and, gross, and I hate it. And if you haven't seen this, I think there's clips of this online. Here's what you need to know: um, Cheryl is just the scar. Witch. It's just the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. She's actually like she wearing. She floats into the air. She floats in the air, doing the same Scarlet Witch float. She's wearing a long coat. Literally, they saw the. I I think they saw. Would the timing work out? They might have seen uh, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. And then just full on aped it for this shot. Yep. She is just the Scarlet Witch. Um and. Wait, before we reveal how this works out, I want to point out the most insane thing that is revealed. Well, there's one more thing that we need to say, but go ahead. So we saw everyone hanging out during the comment. Yeah. Nana Rose and Heather are yeah, hanging okay. out. Yeah. And Britta. And, and Britta. And Britta. Yep. And they were uh, they were finishing untying the knots. It ends with them being like, ah, thankfully we untied the knots. And if your logic worked out and they didn't have, that would have ended the world. Yep. G- good work, Maybe- witches. <laughs> what if Brenda just brought up, hey, what the, do you think the barrier would have kept in like the, the, the apocalyptic blast from the comet? Oh no. Nana Rose was like, it definitely would have. That's why we untied it. So the world <laughs> can end with us. <laughs> <laughs> I live for chaos. But then the Cheryl screams at a comet, and, <laughs> and then they it wake disappears. Up. Everything is fine. And a Jughead monologue goes, man, when we woke up after that comet, we thought, what happens next? What could our lives be? But something unexpected happened. You see Archie's taking out a sweater with an R on it. And Archie is in his childhood bedroom. This is not the room he was sleeping in three minutes ago. Because I think that was Betty's bedroom. I think so too. Anyway, he, then he looks across the uh, the the road side, next side. It's next yeah. to them. How's it next to them? It's next to them. And it's Betty, dressed also 
very like 1950s very pink lady and she's crying yeah and her mom's comforting her and then she goes downstairs and his mom's very sad you see just it's, the other night it's everywhere it's on the radio it's in the newspapers james dean died yes it is september 1955 apparently of all the power cheryl had the one she tapped into was tabitha's which i thought came from her being an angel it's unclear no, separate separate um that is the one that apparently when she was doing this whole thing it here's about to describe it it warped the show yeah. To 1955. So now they are teenagers again. They're teenagers again. again. It is 1955. And Jughead, wearing his Jughead crown, is, is the only one who remembers that they had a pre a BC before Comet Life. Life before, life before the Comet. Here, here's what I'm going to say right now. I am, unfortunately, really into this. I'm also into it, other than the fact that I don't want to see 27-year-olds playing teenagers. (laughs) No, but Aaron, the thing is now, they have a chance to just be really dumb. That's true. Like, I am trepidatious because it is Riverdale. It's Riverdale, and I feel very strongly in my heart of hearts it's going to last for one half of an episode. (laughs) Yeah, like, it it definitely could be be bad, but, or they could do a season that's a 1955 pastiche, but take it super, super seriously, and just have Jughead be like, hey guys, um, we had a whole other life, and they're like, oh, shut up, Jughead. (laughs) Hey guys, remember the comet? Eat your burgers. I... (laughs) Now, now, I don't know how they're going to tackle, like, the interracial relationships. Oh, no. There is the thought. The queer I ha- relationships. The have it where it's like you have the a very hyper-progressive show. You're going back to 1955. Are you going to... Be hyper-progressive in the 1950s? De- yeah. Are you going to deal with that? Are you going to ignore it? And this is Riverdale. They're going to ignore it. Well, no. I mean, they'll probably deal with it for one episode. The, I would also be very into it. I, oh. The thing is, is that this is insane and the all i could think of is that if this was like imagine this imagine imagine alternate history aaron okay season one of riverdale was what we saw yes season two was what we just saw season six and And then then season season three three was this oh that'd be fun because we talked about one of the weirdest things about riverdale is that tonally it was hard to grasp but how serious it wanted to be taken but and this had, would make it very clear if we had four we've had four or five seasons of actual like real close to being insane like everyone agrees it is insane it's insane but it's hard to tell how serious it wanted us to feel about what was going on but if season one was a really hardcore like uh, like OC type teen drama. Yeah, and like there's a murder going on as a murder mystery thing. And then season two, they get superpowers. And then season three, they go back to 1955. Well, now we're just watching... Uh, the, it's kind of like Archer. It's kind of Archer. Archer. I was going to say the good movie in the the other Green Arrow, in the Green Arrow universe. Um, oh, I don't know. Legends of Tomorrow. Sure. This is that. Legends of Tomorrow, but Riverdale. The thing is, I don't trust them to commit to it. I think... I mean, that that's the thing why I'm trepidatious. But, like... But, but it's their last season, so maybe, they can do whatever the F they want. Maybe they will treat him more comedy. Like, maybe the next season will be more funny. <laughs> like, maybe it'll be legitimately funny and weird. And, like, maybe these guys will have a lot of fun doing it. I don't know. Like, th- like I, when I, when that happened, and it was like, oh, everybody was reset, and now um, Jughead's the only one that remembers. I'm like, I'm 
I was weirdly into it. I was weirdly into it. Do you think since the last season they'll get like Skeet Ulrich back for a guest star? Maybe Ooh. Mark Consuelos? Ooh, like, that'll be a, fu- a fun thing for us to talk about when we do our wrap up next week. Ooh. But first. Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where logic just Hulk leaped over so many moments and then landed on the other side of the Grand Canyon as drama? I think we're going to pick the same moment. I don't know if we are because I'm picking Cheryl changing costumes (laughs) when she walks through that portal. Oh, you specifically did that. Yeah, when she turned Scarlet Witch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely that portal was not to Pops. It was to her closet yeah and she changed and, and she then changed. she went through a different then portal. she went to different portal but she pops. had to leave dramatically kevin she had to leave dramatically yeah of course obviously of course um i i guess that means i have to be the one i'll pick the kiss the kid the this the end of this season the world was saved by a CW moment. And there is no, there is nothing, there is nothing more. <laughs> there's nothing more CW. There's, there's, only, there's nothing better than having the, having the world saved through something that had no logic, was only drama. It felt like this entire thing was set up so that Veronica and Cheryl would kiss. Kevin, there is one thing that would have been better. Yeah. If this was the final episode of the series, yeah, if the s- it started with Veronica and Betty kissing, <laughs> it ends with Veronica and Cheryl kissing. Yeah, if it ended with a pointless queer baiting kiss, it would be the it would perfect, be perfect full circle. It'd be perfect, but unfortunately, you just have to have one more season. Uh, and we'll, yeah, and we will, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about our entire, uh, you know, this entire encapsulation of this yeah. season. If we can possibly fathom what we have seen. Yeah, but we're going to be doing that next week. Uh, then we're going back to Shadowhunters. And then we just got one more one more season of Riverdale. Yeah, we have no idea when Riverdale is coming back. It could be any time. It could be any day of the week. Yeah. Who knows? But, but we'll doing, let you know when we know. The final one. God, I really hope there's some people out there who are going to be like, well, you know, I should check in on Riverdale now and see where it at, where it's at. And then they just come back. It's like a 1955 pastiche. Uh, be good, be good, be good for those people. I am excited. It's dumb and I hate it, but I'm very excited. But it's so outwardly dumb that like you're like, okay, I get it. Finally, I feel like I could get it. And show, I hope this is what you wanted from us all along. You have time to change. You can do it. <laughs> you can do it. Just have fun. We know you're listening to us right now. Have fun, and we will have a very joyous last season as we're like, it's crazy. They're 1950. What? Maybe they can go through so many. Maybe they can do a bunch of like different Archie's comics times. Maybe Archie can meet the Punisher. Here's what I'm going to say. What really makes me just excited about all of it, really, what it comes down to. Yeah. When someone talks about like, like we talked about a lot that a lot of this show feels like it doesn't feel like it had to be Archie comics, it could be anything else. Just looking at what season seven would be. It has to be Archie comics. It looks like Archie. It, like, and I, you know, though I hate these 27-year-olds playing teenagers. That's, if that's the teenager joke. If stuck in a time where, if it's the joke, I love it. And this, Make it the joke. And like, it's got to be the joke. It's it got to be, be the, the joke. joke. You jumped them ahead and made them their age of putting them back to being teenagers, but they look exactly the same. Yes. 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 Fully yes. Oh my god, Reggie can pull pranks to try to get between Archie and Veronica. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but we'll talk about that next week. So come and hang out with us. Until then. Please tell us what you think about this. Are you as excited as we are somehow, some way? We're over on Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA, at Instagram, at Twitter, and at gmail.com. And oh my God, come on this journey with us. <laughs> Give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions on Apple Podcast or your podcaster of choice. Also, don't forget, I have a book coming out in October. Uh, if you go to my website, you could uh, sign up for ARC. You could see more about it. It's called Ink for Blood. My website is kevinwarebooks.com. And I'm at a flimsyplan.com, and I don't talk about this a lot, but I do have another podcast <laughs> where I am mostly less insane, but I also really identify with Scarlett O'Hara. Yeah. So come check me out at Academy vs. Audience, where we watch Oscar Best Pictures and compare them to the box office champion. It's good to bring that up every so often. <laughs> I'm good at self-promotion. We'll see you next week. Who will Archie invite to the sock hop? Will Reggie win the pink slip for Archie's jalopy? Can Jughead convince everyone that there was a time before the comet? Answers all this and more in the next episode of Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A team drama fan cast? Thank you.